Welcome back to the Life in Digital podcast. This week we're joined by Yaroslav Kolod, Head of Programmatic at Admixer. He talks about how important it is to have relations with publishers and advertisers when going global and how the SaaS DSP product is helping companies who are looking for a barrier-free entry into the programmatic world. If you're growing in CIS Eastern Europe or want to learn more about digital advertising technology, then please continue listening. We hope you will enjoy. Welcome to the Life and Digital podcast series. Um, today, I'm joined by Yaroslav Kalud from Admixer. Yaroslav, first up, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Ed, for inviting me. No problem at all. And it'd be great if you could um, jump straight in and tell us a bit about Admixer um, and, 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 and your role in the organization. Yeah, um, well, Admixer was founded in 2009. Uh, it was an exciting time in Ukraine. It was founded in Ukraine. Uh, we had the complete dominance of the IO-based uh, placements in the digital and digital advertising uh, like had been in the underground. So it was not so popular as TV, as press. So uh, probably uh, we had a delay of probably five to 10 years from uh, Eastern European or Western European markets to develop the ecosystem, which we have right now. Yeah. So, uh, been uh, IO-based placements, uh, very low internet penetration, so just a few people used internet in Ukraine. We had no mobile internet, so 3G uh, opened just a few years ago. Yeah. And we launched uh, own uh, advertising platform that allowed connecting advertisers and publishers. Uh, during the first year, we've connected 100 publishers to the system, and it allowed us to mix all the domains inside the system into packages, thematic packages. It wasn't like some context advertising, it was a subjective approach uh, to the mixture of domains according to their thematics, like media, like uh, beauty and health, and so on, sports, thematics. And we brought uh, added value to the market and uh, try to shift this market from IO-based uh, placements to uh, programmatic placements. And it was not some kind of uh, more than programmatic, but with the usage of technology. And there was just another one at the platform uh, in the CAS uh, called Edge River. And it, it exists, uh, it still exists. And yeah, yeah. we were the second tech platform, dependent tech platform that enters uh, this market. And uh, did, you, did you focus on the market in Eastern Europe from the start? Uh, well, we started from Ukraine and uh, during the first years uh, we've, we've been located in Ukraine. We've developed, developed relations with uh, big, six, uh, big six agencies here in Ukraine. We've connected more and more publishers, and we had double-digit growth each year uh, together with the market. So market uh, had also double-digit growth each year uh, in terms of online advertising budgets. And uh, later, we've earned uh, we've earned uh, uh, possibilities and opportunities to enter neighbor markets and to make the same success on the neighbor markets because they. Uh, we're not uh, uh, we're not so developed even if uh, as uh, Ukraine. So they still had IO-based placements, 
they had BICS's agencies also in the markets, uh, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Moldova, but they had no technology opportunities to make advertising flexible, to make placements flexible, a lot of manual work uh, there, and we brought technology uh, on these markets. In 2016, yeah. uh, we came to idea to create an ad exchange platform because uh, there was a need to interconnect uh, advertising traffic between our networks, between countries. For example, Ukraine had small share of uh, Russian inventory, the Russian inventory, and we uh, had a need to exchange this inventory between countries. So we created Admixer Ad Exchange, uh, then we renamed it to Admixer SSP platform. Uh, a year later, we learned it to connect external SSPs and DSPs via OpenRTB protocol, and we went uh, global. And uh, we, we started connected, uh, connecting global uh, global tech systems, uh, SSPs, DSPs. Uh, we connect to BitSwitch, BitSwitch is a great business development opportunity uh, for probably everyone, where you can just connect with one click. Mm -hmm. um, but so it's uh, it, it gave us a great boost in terms of uh, not demand or supply opportunities, but uh, networking opportunities because you can talk to anyone there and find uh, relevant contacts for you. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear. And actually, just whilst we're on the CIS and the Eastern European market, from 2009 to where we are today, sort of two questions. How has the market changed and what influence are Admixer having on changing that programmatic landscape in, in the CIS and that Eastern European uh, region? Uh, we've always seen our mission in bringing international standards to these markets, because when bringing standards, you make inventory understandable for inventory buyers, because yeah. you're, you're making the right markup of this inventory and it's transparent, it's okay for all the buying guidelines for all international DSPs. And uh, it was our main mission to bring uh, all up-to-date IAB standards to, to Ukraine, to Kazakhstan, to Belarus. We were the pioneers to offer S60 standard. We've, uh, we were probably the first to implement the seller zone standard and passing uh, supply stream to international buyers uh, and uh, sending them uh, direct traffic as well as uh, other intermediary traffic we can get from uh, big suppliers, international applications, international publishers, because uh, it's not just all about direct inventory we have here in Ukraine. Uh, we have plenty of uh, international applications, messengers, uh, that are not, not based in Ukraine, but uh, they have very great usage here. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so yeah. how has it been that journey to kind of bring that level of sort of standardization and, and, and standards across across the region? Uh, well, it's a tough thing because it's it was really a conservative market and uh, drive by agencies and drive by clients. Yeah. And uh, for example, this jump from the IO-based placements to technological-based placements was not an easy thing because they used to send banners, media plans in Excel tables, 
and mm -hmm. uh, getting reports in the Excel. It's just the regular operations they used to. And when we came to the market, we need to learn them to use the interface, to use those buttons, uh, targetings inside the interface by themselves. Uh, in this way, uh, we had to deliver them not just the technology, techniques, but also experience how to work with that. Because uh, they used to outsource all the things on technological providers and uh, there was a big share of uh, non-transparent operations uh, in this world. Mm, so it's yeah, tough to tough to implement. And, yeah, then, tough how, how, and, and the latest thing we've uh, we faced with it's when uh, Google announced uh, third-party cookie suspension, you know, and we uh, came with the initiative with the Admixer ID. It's like in a five ID or ID five, or just. Uh, uh, more uh, suitable for this region, for this market. And uh, again, we met with the conservatism of uh, local uh, markets. And uh, even uh, here in Ukraine, as in the world, uh, advertisers more concerned about third-party cookies suspension rather than yeah. publishers. So we had to make very big work to educate publishers that they need to change something on their level uh, to integrate uh, context mechanisms, to integrate uh, login uh, mechanisms in order to get this uh, ID inside the server. Uh, but then Google delayed this decision, the emphasis of uh, alternative solutions got lower. Uh, but anyway, we need to push the thing and to develop alternative uh, alternative techniques how to survive in a post-cookie world. Mm -hmm. And you said at the start in 2009, you were the second ad tech platform operating um, in the region. H how many do you think there are now? Kind of. Uh, well, uh, we, we had Google as well. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Everywhere has Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Google and just two independent technologies. Yeah. Allocated uh, in, in in this region. Uh, now we have uh, much more. Now we yes, have sure. transparency in our inventory. Now we have plenty of fine activities from the side of uh, top of tech, including uh, not just Google, but Pubmedic, uh, Smart, including Adform. And uh, they're not operating here uh, directly, unfortunately. Although we are interested in a penetration of top of tech here this region, but they are uh, they increasing their buying activities uh, in, in this region. So we can see that according to our statistics, because we are holders of big share of local inventory, we offer this inventory to uh, international buyers and the interest uh, is rising. And the most important thing that it's not just an open auction and uh, we used to use PMPs with a uh, buyers, uh, for example, in Baltic countries, in Poland, in uh, other Eastern European countries that are uh, interested in um, Ukrainian inventory, for instance. Yeah, and what's demand like? How 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 how's digital ranking in terms of um, customer demand for as an advertising platform versus TV, press, and you know the other yeah other, other mediums out out and about? Yeah, still we have traditional channels. Uh, prevailing, um, yeah. but, uh, but again, Ukraine, uh, pro, uh, as far as I remember, it was the second 
country in terms of annual growth according to the uh, IEB. Okay. Around 20 report. So incredible numbers. And I think that during the next five years, uh, online advertising will, uh, will be much more uh, significant than TV advertising, uh, press and radio. Yeah, and the growth and the growth is there, which is which is great yeah, to see. Yeah, it's uh, first place is Turkey and second place is Ukraine. So yes, yeah, we've seen that. Past, yeah, past we've seen a lot of demand from Turkey over the last uh, last yeah. Yeah, five, 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 but, ten years. Uh, at the same time, Ukraine remains uh, the market with a really low absolute uh, amount of ad spend. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we have very low uh, base uh, for, uh, for the growth. online advertising, right? Uh, and we have pretty low CPMs, unfortunately. So yes. uh, the penetration is rising much more faster rather than uh, ad spend uh, coming from uh, advertisers, international advertisers, and small and medium business. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Thank you. It's really, really interesting to, to hear about and learn about. And it'd be great to learn about um, the products that um, you've helped the company to develop. So if you're thinking about the yeah, the products for advertisers, publishers, ad traders, what, what, what's the kind of the, the tech stack in, in, involved? Uh, well, we uh, right now we probably have everything except of performance-based DSP. So okay. we have a serving solution for publishers, we have internal ad server, we have an ad exchange platform, and we have a self-service DSP, which mm -hmm. divides into two products. First one is for uh, enterprise advertisers, enterprise agencies, and second one is for medium and small clients. Uh, the difference is that uh, this enterprise solution allows uh, opening a separate trading desks, like separate self-serve DSP for their clients. Mm -hmm. For example, some big agency like publicists, uh, they can uh, deliver uh, separate DSPs for their clients to monitor their statistics or to even manage their campaigns because we know that uh, the ad agency business is uh, evolving as well mm -hmm. and sometimes they just uh, play a role as a buyer so they just lack the buying capacities capabilities and they offer them to the client or uh, they can uh, be in a role of media partner so they prepare mm -hmm. media plans and they get them to the client and the client uh, makes placements by, by himself yeah how much of your business is done on the self-serve model by the self-serve DSP? Uh, it's rising pretty rapidly and we've shifted about 70% uh, of agencies to self-serve uh, during okay. the last two years. 30% uh, of agencies, they remain on the managed metal. Uh, so mm -hmm. they rely on us. They send, they still send uh, banners and uh, Excel files with media plans and we make manual all manual work on our side but 70 percent of agencies they already shifted to a self-serve and that's a, a great a great number for us uh, this year we started sales of mixer dsp on international uh, arena and we gained a great success and uh, the boost of self-serve uh, dsp at budgets they or even more than the boost of budgets from external DSPs. Uh, although we have 100 plus external DSPs connected to our exchange. Yeah. And, uh, 
that, that's great. And it always interesting to communicate with clients, to understand their needs and to tune the traffic according to their needs. It's more interesting and it's more, um, we, we get more value from this because when you are just in the middle of the supply chain, uh, you have a very, very low understanding of what, 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 what the client wants from you. You just mentioned the inventory and trying to enrich this inventory, trying to put more information in the uh, bid request and give more information to supplier in the bid response. Because we uh, consider that each participant inside the supply chain should add value and add uh, clean fraud and add some important parameters in the stream to make this traffic look more rich. Yes, and, and what about uh, on the publisher side of things with, um, yeah, like publisher-based products and publisher-based partnerships within within the exchange? Do you, do you have a separate SSP? How, how does that work? Uh, we do have an SSP. We can work both with uh, direct publishers, so publishers that are able to connect via OpenRTB. Uh, usually we based with an open RTB connection with the big international publishers, for example, mm -hmm. like uh, mobile manufacturer Xiaomi, they have own net servers, so we can connect them by open RTB, although they are direct publishers. So they don't require a technology, but they require monetization. Yeah. And uh, so we, we, we have different ways how to work with such publishers. Uh, we do have an observing capabilities for publishers. Uh, we have a Caribbean wrapper, launched uh, this year. It's a profit managed solution uh, with a wide range of uh, connection opportunities there. Uh, although uh, it depends on the publisher needs whether it's just monetization or they need to solve the problem of transparency when having uh, multiple of uh, revenue sources, how they work, how they perform and to have everything at one place. Because mm -hmm. usually when working with scattering connections, for instance, you need to have access to separate interfaces and combine data from different sources. So we solve this problem and we uh, have a great uh, connection with uh, Google. Mm -hmm. and Google uh, can be as an ad server inside our editing wrapper. And the most important thing that uh, publishers having just AdSense or having Ad Manager without access to the Google Ad Exchange, we can solve this problem for them and offer uh, Google Ad Exchange demands through our Google MCM program launched this year as well. That's really cool. And do, do you tend to connect with publishers directly or via exchanges? Uh, it depends on the volume of this publisher and on the value we can give to this publisher. Uh, usually, uh, we connect direct publishers when having direct demand for them and when we can enrich their inventory and we have advertisers interested in this particular inventory and we can send a deal, for example, to this advertiser. So we uh, bring more value uh, in uh, if to compare with open auction when we just yes. launch some attack system and you're just waiting for the numbers coming into the interface. So it's uh, truly a great work to enrich the inventory and to offer this for some particular buyers to sell it with much more high CPMs rather than in open auction. Yeah, uh, which is great. On, yeah, it depends on the geography. Right now we have some uh, sweet points on the map of the world. 
for example, we have great results in Singapore, we have uh, great results in uh, South Korea, uh, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are trying to enter Turkey as uh, the most uh, developing country market uh, in Europe. And we have some other countries, uh, probably not uh, on the top of uh, at, uh, at spend, uh, according to the global reports, but they have uh, very, very good uh, opportunities and uh, possibilities to develop, and they accept external attack on this market, uh, markets that are easy to enter. Yeah, which is great. And um, connected TV is really hot at the moment. Do you have a connected TV uh, monetization? Yeah. We started dealing with connected TV in 2019, right after okay. right after the pandemic started, and uh, yes. after that, it's it's skyrocketed. Uh, it has this environment has plenty of vulnerabilities still. Mm -hmm. uh, SSI environment is evolving. Uh, technology is evolving, so plenty of uh, opportunities for fraudsters. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, I, I guess that this year is the most the most complicated year for CTV environment in terms of uh, uh, technology development. Yeah, so uh, very just very few standards for CTV uh, society technology developing. There are plenty of gaps inside the society that fraudsters can use. Uh, open RTV protocol with uh, some sweet things for CTV uh, hasn't published yet, but we expect it on during the upcoming weeks. Uh, so we'll resolve some issues uh, when getting a new open RTV protocol. And I think that the level of fraud will uh, go down next year when we'll have more stable technological ecosystem for CTV. And most uh, issues, most things uh, will be just uh, uh, fixed, and we won't have some cutting edge changes in this technology. Uh, yeah, and you, you mentioned um, ad fraud. What, what do you see as the biggest um, challenges for the programmatic ecosystem now and over the next over the next few years? Uh, I think that identity is the biggest challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, although, as I said before, the emphasis of uh, this matter has uh, go down after the delay of third-party cookies expansion. Uh, the problem is that we need to enforce advertisers to test new techniques, uh, context techniques, and uh, test campaigns with the usage of alternative IDs. So that, that's what we need, and we need to force publishers to work with the context. According to our uh, internal uh, database, and according to our uh, communication with agencies, just five from five to ten percent of them they're using context modules. Right, so and they are buying. Yeah, just just from five to ten, it's just a very very uh, low amount. Even uh, there are plenty of things that hey guys, let's work with context. They they still they they don't work with the context. Uh, on the other side, on the sales side, context is a really expensive thing because uh, to need uh, or or develop this module, context module, it's possible uh, for uh, big uh, publishers and media groups, uh, but uh, for small publishers and medium mid-sized publishers, uh, it's uh, 
even expensive to integrate this tool if they want to buy this tool from other vendors. Uh, we need to make it, uh, try to make it uh, less expensive and we need to adopt uh, this technology to each region, to each language. And it's a complicated thing. Yes. There is no, there are no standards how to do that. And there are no standards how to map, how to match uh, web pages uh, regarding uh, the context positions. Yeah, so there is there are no, no standards about that. So we have a taxonomy, but how to appoint uh, taxonomic position according to the contact, content, it's uh, just a subjective thing. And each publisher uh, right now, they match uh, those uh, web pages according to their internal guidelines. Yes. And does it take, does it, I guess in real time, you've got things like, um, you know, the comments that people are leaving, I mean, there's all, that's all adding context to a, to a page. Um, sorry, I didn't get it. Uh, yeah. Just thinking about if you're targeting based on context in real time, mm -hmm. obviously you've got, uh, you know, a page being tagged and, and, and um, you know, publishers sort of describing what the content is, but would technology be developed to look at things like the comments that users are leaving on a particular piece of content, which uh, all, all adds context? Sometimes it's the subject of uh, misrepresentation of the page when uh, when when uh, looking at the co on the comments. Yeah, sometimes comments they just make this page invalid uh, yes. for, for some particular uh, context and. That's an issue, yeah, and we need to develop this technology. Uh, we had, uh, for example, another occasion when a client wanted to target a pizza, so they target on the, they had a target what pizza, and they got a pizza ad on the web page with a news uh, where uh, was told that twenty five people died uh, because of pizza. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's the that's the doubt. That's awful for brand safety. And yeah, for brand safety, it's not easy, is it? Yeah, context still has uh, plenty of vulnerabilities, and we need mm. to resolve it. But anyway, it's a great opportunity for the post post cookie world, and. Uh, uh, I heard plenty of information about uh, the context that it is used, uh, already used by uh, big advertisers to measure brand safety and brand metrics. Mm -hmm. uh, because how, how do you tackle that in, in the AdMixer platform? Uh, well, we have a context module and it can be based on uh, IB taxonomy or uh, advertiser can create a custom uh, custom group with a with it's target words uh, so it works uh, like when uh, each web page got uh, mapped by our advertising codes the robot goes on this page and just scanning the the, the, the page and matching this page according to the yeah uh, to the thematics also we can work with the context audience uh, when having all this massive of web pages matched by the um, IAB category we can uh, follow the user and try to find out what what's the interest of this user and based on its two week or three week uh, web history we can define the thematic category for this user and this information also can be used by advertiser to match the segments of audience uh, the ad was shown to. 
and uh, plenty of opportunities, plenty of ideas to work with. Of course, uh, we need to be compliant with the GDPR here. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, context is the, 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 the most easy thing to work with the GDPR. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, we've seen it. It's um, it's uh, it's it's come full circle. I feel like 10 to 15 yeah. years ago, I was speaking yeah. to lots yeah. of the ad less, tech the less personal, yeah. So yeah, who become kind of yeah, and um, yeah, it's, it's been brilliant. Actually, it's been such an exciting um, 18 months, I think. But yeah, but post post cookie future and, and, and the role of context um, and, uh, and 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 creativity in, in our tech and yeah um, yeah there's been some really cool um, trends emerging and yeah it's really really interesting to hear about um, admix and the role you're playing in that and 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 the market in eastern europe and actually the, the, the growth opportunities there which are you know super super exciting and I, i'm hoping for you that next year you'll be able to go to singapore and south korea i imagine like all of us you've been fairly uh, fairly <laughs> at home for the last 18 months i'm sure you're looking forward to getting out to those regions where you're where you're seeing lots of growth yeah yeah we we hope that the health ecosystem for the open tech uh, will remain and uh, of course it's our interest to develop the ecosystem uh, easy to work for all independent tech so uh, we uh, welcome all the campaigns that are willing to work in this field mm, cool good stuff the, the good. more companies we have the more ideas we have uh, how to help advertisers how to help publishers and uh, i think that all the advertising in the future will go through the internet connection yes i think i think for sure how, how many years until you think that's going to be happening yeah uh, uh which which year <laughs> yeah when 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 the, when the projection uh well probably when we'll get into the uh into the cars with autopilot and we have nothing to do rather than just looking through the news <laughs> and watching videos yes so you don't need to drive and i think that this is the turning point yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating, isn't it? Well, in, in the UK, 2030s, when um, we'll only be allowed to buy electric cars, which I know, oh. I know doesn't kind of solve um, driverless uh, cars, um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely the direction of travel. It's going to be a very, very different world in the future. Yeah, <laughs> waiting for that. Yeah, good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Harrison. I really appreciate you you joining today. It's been, um, yeah, it's been been really 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 fun and really interesting so thanks thanks so much thanks for inviting me Uh, my pleasure yeah thank you a big thank you to Yaroslav and Ed for this week's episode if you want to find out more about the work that the guys are doing over at Admixer we will be linking them in the show notes and via our website we hope you join us next month for another episode of life in digital